0: Hey ladies, so I've been toying with this idea of podcasting and I've even recorded episodes before. They're on my blog and maybe I'll bring them over here. Um, but something really incredible happened in the last few days and I think it's a perfect start to this podcast. So I am a certified life coach through the Life Coach School with Brooke Castilla, and my certification completed in the spring of 2019, and I've been spending a few months um, figuring out what's next. How does one go about growing a business that serves women after abortion? There's a lot of questions, there's a lot of experimenting, there's a lot of understanding how exactly you want to make that, you, you know, serve those women and make that impact. How, what's my voice in the conversation and how is it different than the voices that are already out there? And in July, after our certification, after we were invited to a mastermind event with, uh, turned out to be about 500 people, um all life coaches all on a similar mission to make an impact in the world and make money doing it so in july we were invited to uh present to to submit that's the word i'm looking for to submit a five minute inspirational video Um, that we would then have the opportunity of sharing on stage in front of all these incredible life coaches. Um, And I knew as soon as I received that invitation that there was something in it for me. There was a reason that I had to pay attention. And as I do, I procrastinated for a long time. And eventually, found my way to recording the video. It's actually a pretty amazing story, the week that led up to me recording that video. Um, But maybe I'll get into that another time. So when I hit submit on the video, uh, I was pretty pretty freaked out. (laughs) Um, And it took a few weeks, it took a few weeks to hear back. And I just kept telling myself what's meant to be will be, what's meant to be will be. it was a big, like this one step was a win, right? You, you recorded, you created, you recorded, you submitted, and this was a win. And so it, it took even a couple days past the, um, the anticipated time I thought I would hear back to hear that my video was accepted and I had to shorten it a bit and resubmit it, uh, which I did. And so yesterday was the day that I spoke on stage. And I've been telling myself since I submitted the video that this was a message that I couldn't share publicly. This was a message that was only um, safe to share in a room of 500 people who appreciate the value of making money and serving the world and getting that value back in a monetary form that lands in your bank account. Um, and that I couldn't share my my speech, my, my voice, what I wrote, what I submitted with the rest of the world, right? Because um, all of the women that I spoke to had moved through or were moving through their own money blocks and their own money stories and that they understood the importance of being able to make money as a woman with a cause in the world, um, being able to make a difference and see the financial impact of that, um, that they were the safe people, but that I couldn't share with all of you. And, I woke up this morning, so the entire experience was incredibly fascinating. Um, There happens to be a lot of very religious women in this community, and I kept telling myself in preparation that the scariest part was speaking my message about abortion to a room in which I've no idea what the percentage was, but a room in which many of the women there were um, were very committed to their faith in the their Mormon faith, and i 'm sure many, many other faiths, but that's the one I knew that really stuck out and so one of the biggest fears for me was how am I going to stand up on stage and talk about abortion? in a room full of women, many of whom I know are Mormon, have very strong religious beliefs. And that's what I thought I was most afraid of. So what happened that was so interesting, and I'm actually going to read you what I spoke to these women, but what happened that was so interesting was that after I spoke... I I didn't feel any of the things I thought I would feel. I thought that after I spoke, I would feel, uh, let's see, I wrote them down. I thought I would feel incredible because I would be thinking I did it. And I thought I would be proud also because I'd be thinking I did it. Um, I thought I would feel confident thinking like I can do more. And, like, if I did that, I can do more. Like, I thought it would fuel this confidence. I thought I'd feel expansive, right? I thought I would feel, like, I thought I'd be thinking, um, I said what I needed to say, and I was brave, and it reached people, and now I feel expansive. Um, and I definitely thought I'd feel relief because it was over, right? I thought I would feel amazing relief when it was over. Um I also thought I'd feel beautiful because I thought that if I stood up on stage, if I put on the heels and the dress and the makeup and stepped out of my country bumpkin self and um and got up on stage, that I would fit in. I thought that you know if I stepped into that place that I would feel beautiful like all the other women in the room. Um, and I didn't. (laughs) So again, a story for another time. But the last thing I thought I would feel was energized. I thought I'd have all this increased energy because anytime I work on my business, I work on my website, I work on um, content for you all. I work on how am I going to help people when, especially when I have a coaching session, I feel so energized by the work. And so I thought after I speak I will feel so energized. And I didn't. I thought I'd be thinking what's next, as in what can I do next? How can I how can I up the game? And what I really was feeling was everything except, right? So I didn't feel incredible. I didn't feel proud or confident or expansive or relief or beautiful or energized. Um I felt a whole lot of other things, and I'm going to tell you what those are, but I decided that I was going to go back to my I wasn't going to go out to lunch um, with other women, with other coaches after my speech. I decided I was going to go back to my room and just process, and I'm glad I had decided that ahead of time, maybe I knew that this is what would happen, even though I didn't know. Um because it was exactly what i needed to come back to the room and just catch up with with the experience of speaking to 500 women in this way and i bumped into a woman in the hall um or maybe in the elevator i can't remember on my way home or my way back to the room and she reached out to me and she thanked me and she said that she was really moved by what I said and I told her how much that meant to me because in that moment I was going back to my room and I didn't know if I was just gonna cry (laughs) or if I was gonna write Um, but I knew I had to be alone and I knew I had to process and I told her like I'm not I just feel so strange and she said that's a vulnerability hangover and I assume this is a Brene Brown term or at least I did when she told me um I since heard it from another friend oh you had a vulnerability hangover I was like well I guess I did um so there was this so i bumped into this woman and she clarified sort of what i what i felt next what i'm going to share with you next as a vulnerability hangover and i think she was right um i'm going to do a little more research on that to see really what happened but i feel good about the way that i processed it all so what i actually felt was confused i was so confused And what I was thinking was, I don't know what just happened, um, and I felt overwhelmed because I was thinking this isn't what I expected, and I was c- so distracted. I like I couldn't really focus. I was so distracted because I kept thinking like, what's going on? Like, what's happening to me? Um, and I couldn't put a feeling to this, but but what the feeling was like now? What? It was. It wasn't like what's next. It was now what, and I don't still don't know what that feeling is, but it came from this like, um, all that for this, like all that bravery, all that courage, all that preparation, for this, for this terrible feeling I'm having. Like what? <laughs> Um, so yeah, that I'm just going to call that feeling now what, um, and I felt really blah. I felt like that's it. Like, again, like it was this sense of like, that's not what I expected. (laughs) Why do I feel so blah after doing this really what felt like this really brave, brave and courageous thing? Uh, I felt exhausted, so I was so tired, Um, and what I was telling myself was, I'm not meant for this, like, you did the thing that you were scared to do, you thought it was going to make you feel the way you wanted to feel, and it didn't, so I must not be meant for this, because if I was meant for this, I'd feel better right now, and I don't, (laughs) So, and the last thing I felt was graspy, like I felt um, hungry almost. I was just begging for people to validate me, for, to tell me that what I did was right, and that it made an impact, and that, um, and that I mattered, right? And so I thought that I would feel like I mattered after I did this brave, courageous thing and spoke my words on stage. And I got off stage and I was just begging for someone to tell me that I mattered. Like I felt so small (laughs) afterwards. So I won't go into the complete um, download that followed, like, I took a page, and I wrote what I was feeling, and I wrote the thought that was creating that feeling, and then I just downloaded pages of notes, you know, and what I mean by that is I just, just wrote, I just wrote what was happening for me, and I wrote a lot of questions, um, and I answered those questions, because the answers are within, right, I, I knew that if I had the question, I had the answer, um, or I had an answer that would lead me to the answer, right? Or to the next question. Um, so I did a lot of journaling afterwards. Um, and I started to feel better. I wrote down all the things I thought I'd feel and all the things I actually felt. And then I wrote out all the thoughts, the many, 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 many thoughts and questions and answers. And I just kept writing and I started to feel better. I started to see, um, I started to see it in a different way. And so I took the last page of that journaling to, um, to write, what came at the end of all that writing and it was thoughts it was um words like serving this niche which is women who've had abortions right serving this niche is worth the discomfort it was worth the discomfort of of submitting it was worth the discomfort of writing the piece in the first place it was worth the discomfort of feeling terrible afterwards um because if that's what it would take to help the women who are looking for help then it was worth it um and i i wrote one terrifying life lesson after another that's what i'm looking for i i it's crazy to think that i want to feel that awful again but i do like i want if that's what's going to help me get to the next place which is where i feel i'm like i'm at um waking up this morning i feel like a different person and the entire event contributed to me feeling like a different person but i know for sure that this piece of speaking at the event i mean this was a full two-day event with the most brilliant incredible women coaches speaking and inspiring us and asking us to go deeper um so I, it's not, does not go over my head that that is a ginormous, massive reason why I feel like a different person this morning. But I do know, like I, I do know that my, um, my role in speaking and doing all this journaling afterwards really did contribute to how I feel this morning. So, um, so yeah, if that's, if I have to feel that awful in order to get to this, up level to get to this clarity, then I'll do it again and again and again. And um I wrote, I'm capable of more, right? I can do more. This is just the beginning. Um, I wrote, it doesn't matter what other people think, which is crazy because when I came off stage, all that mattered was what other people thought. All that I wanted to know was what other people thought. And I didn't care if it was terrible. I didn't care if it was positive or negative. I just needed to know what other people thought. And the validation I was looking for, that I was hungry for, again, I almost, I didn't care if somebody came to me and said, I can't believe, like, you're a baby killer. Like, you're a terrible person and you should never make money. Like, I didn't care <laughs> that it wasn't even that I was looking for positive validation. I was just looking for validation that I had been seen and heard. And that was what was so interesting. Um, and I wrote, I did it. And I wrote, um, I'm one big step closer. And I wrote, next time will be even better. How can it get better than this? What more is possible? This is a new beginning. Everything is about to change. And when I kind of put all of that together, the final thoughts I had were getting on stage led me to the next layer I couldn't see, the next layer of growth I couldn't see before I spoke. I thought I was worried about what people would think and I wrote in parentheses, the haters. But I was really worried about whether or not I could serve the people I reached. My focus before was in the wrong place. And so what I mean by that is when I came off stage, I had this realization that was I a fraud? Could I really help the people I reached? And that was, that's what was causing this vulnerability hangover, this sort of discomfort. Um, and again, I'll have to Google, I'll have to look up more what the vulnerability hangover actually is, because maybe I'm not defining that right. But what was really causing all the disconnect and the confusion in me was that I thought what mattered was what people would think and I thought what mattered was how I could be strong enough to get past the people who didn't like me but what really came about was this like feeling of you did something that reached people now are you ready to serve them you stepped into this next level of the work that you're doing. Are you ready to actually help those people? And in that moment, I felt like a fraud. I felt like I did all these things and I showed that I can help. And I stepped into this next layer of who I'm going to be as a coach and a woman and a, and a server. Um, but can I actually serve them? And so... I wasn't thinking about that before, which sounds crazy because I kept telling myself if I can reach just one person, if I can help just one person, um, that's what matters. Um, but when I stepped off stage, what I was asking myself was, can I really help that one person? And I know that I can, (laughs) but in that moment, the, the bigness of what I had just stepped into really struck me. And so that's why I was feeling so confused and so overwhelmed was because I realized I had just stepped into that person who was ready to help. And that and the next layer of discomfort I was going to have to face was... Um, be like identifying as the person who could help, not just saying I could help, but really identifying as her, embodying her, living, breathing her. Um, and so that's the work that I'm settling into. Um, so that's what I have to share on this first episode of the podcast. But what I want to add, um, is the speech that I thought I would never share with the public, (laughs) which is freaking ironic because my entire speech is about the things I thought I would never do. So I should have known that the next step would be sharing this thing outside of a room full of life coaches. So (laughs) here we go. 27 months ago, I did a thing I said I would never do. And then I named her. Eight days after it happened, I started reading Kate Northrup's Money, a Love Story, and I cracked open a new journal. The first page of that journal reads, My Money Love Story. I had an abortion so I can become a multi-millionaire and change our family money story. After the words landed on the paper, I felt exhilarated and awed. I don't know where it came from. Making money was definitely not one of the conscious factors in my decision-making. But there it was, all laid out in black ink. Then came the shame and the doubt. I flooded my brain with reasons I was a terrible person who surely could not make that kind of money, especially after her abortion. But somehow, despite this madness in my head, I had faith. There was a belief in me that kept floating to the surface this happened for a reason she came here for a reason that's when i named her g r a c e grace a simple elegance a divinely given blessing to honor and so it is her name is grace and she is the thing I thought I'd never do. She is simply elegant and a divinely given blessing. I honor her with this work. It wasn't until after certification that I realized I had an abortion so I can become a multi-millionaire as a life coach. I will change our family money story. Coaching is my tool. Abortion was my calling. Baby Grace still whispers. She nudges me when I get off track. She wakes me up when I lose hope. She keeps whispering, and sometimes it feels scary, but I keep listening. I owe her that. I owe myself that. Today she wants to know, what's the thing you said you would never do, and what will you name her? So (laughs) there it is. And it's yours now. And after I, um, we went to dinner last night and a coach who I had never met, a beautiful woman who had never met, helped me identify what I actually do. Because what I was struggling with until last night, until this morning, until after I spoke, until everything clicked a little bit more, is who do I want to help? One in four women have abortions. That's a lot of women. And so who do I want to help? Who can I serve the most? And I played a lot around with helping women find inner peace, Um, helping women find inner strength, helping women redefine their story. Um, I, I really questioned and wondered, like, what is, what is it that I do that I can offer, that I can give? And what she helped me figure out was that I help women who've had abortions give birth to their lives. And when she helped me get to that place, um, I come from a pregnancy, birth, and postpartum background. Um, I I did some midwifery school, and I was a full-time doula for many, many years. And giving birth is just something that resonates with me so deeply. There's such an amazing transformation that women go through when they give birth. And um, so when she helped me identify that um, I help women who've had abortions give birth to their lives. I thought, that's exactly what I do. Um, I help women who made a courageous decision now live courageous lives. And so moving forward, if you are one of those women, if you made this choice um, with deep conviction and knowing and no regret, um. let's talk, like let's talk about how to use that to fuel you forward, to give you even more strength than you thought you had. Um, if you made your decision because you knew it was what you had to do, and you want to make it something meaningful, you want to make it mean something for you, um, let's talk because that's, what i can help you do i can help you create something from that experience that that is impactful that is meaningful that is purposeful and that feels amazing even when it feels terrible (laughs) right because that's that's what i'm doing and um and your story won't look like mine. But if you if you had your abortion, no matter how you feel about it or multiple abortions, um but if the way you know you want to feel is that it was meaningful and purposeful and that it was a piece of your growth story, that's why you belong in this community. That's why we've connected. So that concludes what I now see is podcast number one. And I want to thank you for listening and for stepping into this brave work with me. Because if you're listening, you're doing it in some way. And that's brave. And I want to hold space to acknowledge that for you and say, Thank you for being willing to look at your experience or the experience of women who've had abortions um, and, or, I should say, to be here with me, recognizing that this is a hugely important conversation that we need to be having in the world. Um, one in four women in your life will have an abortion or multiple. And so if you haven't talked about it, if you haven't heard about it, if you haven't seen the results of that, then there's people in your life in hiding. And I don't think that everyone needs to shout their story from the rooftops or speak it on stages or turn it into a podcast. But I don't want women to hide anymore unless they want to hide, right? If you want to hide, great, that's amazing. <laughs> Make peace with that, like f- like, do what you need to do. But I wanna speak to the women who don't wanna hide anymore, They like this is crazy. Like we need to be able to tell our stories no matter what the reason was that we had our abortion because it was our reason and our reason matters.